0: Hi, and welcome to How the Heck Did You Get Here? Yeah, okay. how, how did we get here? Exactly. So, welcome to The Trail to Austin.
1: I'm Bob Morris. My co-host is Joel McColl. Hello. So, how was your week? My week was pretty interesting. I went to Minnesota. Yeah? And, Got uh, out of the heat a little ashore. bit. Yeah, <laughs> sure. sure, you betcha. Have some sausages. <laughs> yeah, actually, we did. Yeah, uh, you have to. And uh, we did not have any of that. The cheese curd stuff, whatever that is. That's not a requirement. No, no, my cardiologist frowns on it. (laughs) I bet. Basically. Uh, Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Saw some family and uh, came back home. Cool. And just in time for the heat wave. Yeah. So you had a gig the other night. How'd that go? Uh, The gig was interesting. It was at Sam's Town, Sam's Point, Sam's Town Point. Okay. It's in South Austin. Uh-huh. Uh, Ramsey Midwood, a, a marvelously talented singer-songwriter, uh, owns this club that's – I'll put it like this. We uh, played between a rock band and hospital bed karaoke. <laughs> okay. So welcome to South Austin yes. it is the best yeah, I it, say. it sounds like you fit in perfectly. Yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> it was great. We – Go ahead. No, I was going to say let's uh, let's let's turn the tables a little bit here.
0: What do you think? Okay. Well, first I was there was a couple of little things I was going to go over, and then, okay. then we'll let you turn the tables on me. So one of the things that we did two weeks ago was we went to Spammerama. Oh, sweet! The the revised yeah. Oh, yeah, version. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. David Arnsberger.
0: Right. So this thing for people who don't know was a festival that's gone on in Austin for years. It went on from 78 to 2007 is when it went on hiatus, I guess. And they revived it this year. And um, basically it was just the spam cook-off and the uh, spam toss. That's mm-hmm. really all they got in this year. At one point it was pretty huge, though. I mean, I can remember going to it when it was on 6th Street one time. And it was, you know, they had the street blocked off and it was pretty big. And then I went once at Waterloo Park. And then apparently, at some point, they had on Auditorium Shores. I didn't attend that one, but
1: anyway, it was kind of neat to see that back. Well, it used to draw tens of thousands of people. Yeah, is uh, is what I remember. Um, and what happened was the Hormel company got wind of the spam in the air, and they thought, "Wait a minute, this is our our product," and so they took the spam Spamorama. And we were just in Minnesota, home of Hormel, mm-hmm. and they're very proud of their spam up there, as opposed to we're proud of our spamorama. Right. Uh, David Arnsberger, when he was essentially sued by Hormel over the the trademark infringement, uh, was able to. Uh, negotiate an agreement where he could keep the name Spamorama and do it as long as it was within certain parameters, which he did finally this year. Ah, okay. So
0: now, wasn't he part of the Uranium Savages? He or was something?
1: one of the original Savages. Okay. Yeah, because you kind of knew those guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they <laughs> I kind of know those guys, and uh, when I – our band, midlife crisis, had we had some cross pollination with them.
0: Ah, okay. So, so the other thing uh, this week that I was laughing about was um, I saw a news article where they're going to look at maybe putting in a train from downtown to the airport. I don't know who would have thought of that. I mean, what could, who would possibly think that's a good idea? <laughs> Everybody? Yeah, I, as I remember when we first put our train to nowhere in, the one to uh-huh. Leander, you know, all these people were saying, hey, how about airport to downtown? Um, I used to drive over the tracks that go out to Bergstrom every day to go to work, uh-huh. okay? So you sit there and you look at that and you go, guys, you've got existing tracks. I don't know. But So what we decided to do was decide to uh, spend $278,000 on a study to see if we want to use this as a train, the airport, or if we want to pull up the tracks and make it a trail that you can walk on, bike on. (laughs) Lots of people go to the airport that way. Well, I (laughs) I would
1: just hope they would pave it so you could do your little wheeled luggage on it. Yes. Um, Things never cease to amaze me
0: around here. I mean, for you new residents that are uh, enjoying our traffic problems, Austin has a long an angry
1: history with transportation. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's, it's never going to be better because there's no place to put anything. Yeah. I mean, like, you know? I know,
0: I'm trying to guess. I'm going to guess it was around 2000, 2001. We still had train, um, trolley tracks in the middle of Congress Avenue and eventually they paved over them. And then about 2010, we said, Hey, this Dillo thing. You know, this little bus that looks like a trolley that drives around downtown, that's got to go. Now, all of a sudden, we're like, hey, we need something to get around
1: downtown. (laughs) Well, even better, uh, I think it was two councils or three councils ago, there used to be a statute that if you had a business downtown, you had to provide X number of parking for the number of people that you would uh, do business with, and they they did away with that regulation, so – Yes, we hate parking as well. Yeah, unbridled (laughs)
0: growth and no place to put it. Yeah, it's amazing. So, the other one that I wanted to go over, which kind of ties in with this, our new homeless ordinance that Mm -hmm. says, Mm -hmm. hey, camp where you want people, Um, do what you want, let your freak flag fly. You know, I drive on the way to work. Um, Now, there's the, uh, it's at Congress and Ben White. There's a, the overpass there, there's a paved-in area, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where they've got the grill set up and mm-hmm. the tents and all that kind of stuff. The and
1: recliner.
0: Yeah, the recliner. The, uh, the uh, They had chest of drawers I saw the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like going, oh, this is good. So our mayor decides to fly out to L.A. to seek the L.A. mayor's advice on the homeless. Now, I don't know if you've heard about their problems <laughs> – but it's legendary, and it's it's starting to cause, Yeah, uh, you know, as I told you, Dr. Drew mm-hmm. has been getting on any talk show he can get on and screaming about, we've got to clean this up, you know, this is going to bring back diseases we haven't seen in centuries, and lo and behold, they had a typhus outbreak. But it sounds like the L.A. mayor is the guy we should be asking about. You know, hey. Well, you, look at it this I, way,
1: Bob. He's <laughs> he's seeing what could be happening here. He's already there, so maybe he's got some insight. Hmm. Their plan seems to be working, whatever it is. Well, now being a little cynical here, Bob. Uh, I I don't know why I'd ever be cynical in this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's it, it's a head shaker. Here's here's the uh, thing about it. It's a shame. It's mm-hmm. it's a problem. It's a big problem. What's the answer? You know, well, L.A. certainly does not have a solution. Right. But they're seeing problems that we don't have, so maybe there's some insight. Who knows? Yeah. So I'm going to give Adler at least a hearty handshake and a slap on the back for taking a free trip to L.A. (laughs) Just makes me wonder if he went to Disneyland.
0: Yeah, I don't know. You know, I used to go play trivia every Wednesday night downtown, and it got to where the guys at uh, at Catacorner from the Driscoll got so aggressive when I was going across the street about, hey, I need money to go to Houston. I need gas money. Can you give me any money? You know, and they'd basically be grabbing your arm. And I'm like, you know, I just – I don't like to have to run this gauntlet every week, too. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of, I kind of stopped going. You know, it's kind of like this is just too big a hassle there and back. You know, and I was only walking a little bit, but
1: well, uh, it's yeah. I mean, what is the answer? I don't know. I don't know, and it's it's.
0: Uh, well, I know they're looking at this huh. new, new one over here on. Uh, on um, Ben White, they're looking at leasing a building and creating another shelter there.
1: And oh, there's you know, a big outcry about that because of I know. all the apartments and everything that are right next to it. Yeah. But I mean, is it better to have them living, you know, two blocks
0: down on Congress yeah. <laughs> with the recliner and the grill, or is it better having them in
1: this dorm kind of thing? Well, and ultimately, where are they going to spend the night? Right. You know, uh, Without getting all, all uh, uh, metaphysical about it, people have a have a right to be able to lay their head and sleep safely. Sure. And uh, man, <laughs> well, here's the thing: move to Minnesota because yeah. it gets cold up there. They don't have a homeless problem in the no. winter. <laughs> I'm surprised we have one in the summer, frankly. Oh man. <laughs> so all right,
0: so now you're going to flip the script. All right, and so last me. week.
1: Well, our last podcast. Yes. You know, if we were to do these back-to-back yesterday when we talked, yeah. uh, basically we're talking about how I ended up here. So my question is, how did you get here? Well, when did you get here? Um, I got here 26 years ago. Okay. I,
0: I had to do some calculating because I remember um, there for a while I, I had this kind of weird thing where I was – flying back and forth. Um, So I only lived here on weekends, which Mm. was kind of interesting. What had happened is when I first, I moved to Dallas um, right out of college, so around 2000, and uh, got a job there. Loved staying in Dallas, you know, at least. Hey, they had planful jobs, you know, all that kind of stuff. And obviously, you know, Oklahoma was not, The jobs capital of the world. So,
1: just for a little background, you are from Oklahoma. You're from Edmond? Yes. Is that correct? Outside of Oklahoma City, and you went to Oklahoma A&M? Yeah, Oklahoma State, yes. Okay. Obviously, I went to OU because I made that derogatory reference. Well, I went to Oklahoma State because I cared
0: about getting a degree that mattered.
1: Oh, well, (laughs) that's pretty funny.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean... At the time, OU had quite the reputation for liberal Football, arts. perhaps? Yeah, uh, football. Okay. Uh, speaking of football, one of the things that I was lucky enough to do mm-hmm. is I was at Oklahoma State while Barry Sanders
1: was the, playing. A phenomenal player.
0: Yeah, it was incredible to watch. Um, I had been a linebacker in high school, right? So I'm sitting up in the stands, and I'm watching what he's doing, and I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I have never seen anybody who could change direction and make people mm-hmm. grab air like that. Um, oh, But in your favor, I did have the distinction in high school playing against Lydell Carr. Oh, my. Yes. Luckily, I was a weak side linebacker, and he was always running to the other side, so it didn't bother
1: me too much. Because he pretty much, you would be a road bump. Yes. You would be a speed bump. Yeah.
0: No, I was I was dropping into pass coverage all the time, like they were going to pass
1: ever. <laughs> well, the big joke then, and back when True. I went to you, was you could always tell when it was a pass play because the split ends doing cartwheels out of the huddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we, um if you remember when
0: we had Barry Sanders, we also had our current coach Mike Gundy. Yes, yeah. and we had uh, a receiver named Hartley Dykes. Oh yes, Hartley. Yes, so between
1: the three of them, it was pretty, it was pretty dangerous backfield. It was a very dynamic offense. Mm-hmm. Hartley was a, Dykes was an amazing receiver. Yeah, he was. And what happened, though? Didn't he flame out just a couple years
0: into the NFL? Yeah, he did. Yeah, figures. Um, the day they signed him, he was driving up and down the streets of Stillwater in a uh, white limousine throwing dollar bills out the top. <laughs> I know.
1: So. Dollar bills. Yeah. Woo, make
0: it rain. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I wound up in Dallas, um,
1: and then. Um, oh, well, wait, you, wait, wait. Let's go back to Stillwater. Okay. Because you know I'm from Oklahoma. We talked about this. I'm from Bartlesville. Most of my friends went to Stillwater. Yeah. And I used to go up to Stillwater, and for a little burg out on the prairie, there was an incredible amount of music. And cultural things that were going on in this little town. Oh, that reminds me.
0: That's the other one. Um,
1: so while I was there, there was also this
0: guy that used to play guitar down on the, we used to go see him at this place called Willie's uh-huh. that had uh-huh. nickel pitchers, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> nickel pitchers, folks, uh, that, that should tell you something. <laughs> so he used to have a kind of longish hair. He had a beard. He was always wearing sweats, and he played a lot of James Taylor songs and and Billy Joel songs and stuff like that. And uh, at some point, he started doing some little crowd fun songs, and then they gave him a gig at Eskimo Joe's, and it was called Garth Night at Eskimo Joe's. So he was around doing that. He did that for a while, and then he disappeared. And everybody's like, well, what happened? You know, he had pretty good good gig going here and then we get this debut album from garth brooks <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and it was kind of funny because you know it was like well wait a minute he's just the guy that plays at the bar you know what what's with this everybody starts somewhere well he he actually used to be friends with one of my roommates and i can remember him begging us to come when he was at Willie's. <laughs> yeah he's like could you guys show up just so I have some people in the audience? Because it was like Monday nights, I mm-hmm. think. And it was like, yeah, Monday night's not the best gig night, as I'm sure you know. That's true. That's true. So anyway, it was interesting. Um, none of us would have ever thought,
1: you know, he'd turn into what he's turned into, obviously. But, you know, being here in Austin, that story has repeated itself many, many times over. You never know where the music gods are going to roll the dice. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, there's been tons of bands here that I thought would be incredibly successful, and they just somehow yeah. never make it. And then and the converse is true as well. So anyway. Yep. So you made your escape from Stillwater. You moved to Dallas. Yeah. And so I went to work for this little company there that, that,
0: um, my background, folks, is IT. So it, they did a kind of a software for tracking things. And one of, the, one of the jobs we got was Motorola down here in Austin wanted to track their bunny suits for their fab, right? Those white suits mm-hmm. they all wear. And so they picked me and another guy to come down here. Um, neither one of us have really been to Austin. I'd been through Austin numerous times at, at a very high rate of speed mm-hmm. looking out and thinking, Hey, there's the Capitol. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there was nothing to block the Capitol at that time, folks. You know, so um, we came down here. The only way to get out to Motorola and no Oak Hill at that time was you had to get off on William Cannon and take it out in the country, basically is what it looked like. And um, you rolled up on what they – it was called Moss 11. That's their fab name. So we did that, and uh, the guys were telling us we wound up getting a hotel room at the Omni downtown, and we were asking the guys, well, where do we go um, to go eat, go do whatever after hours, and they uh, suggested La La Zona Rosa. Now, this is the part of the story that everybody seems to like for some reason. So this other guy and I are saying La Zona Rosa, it's about 5.30, you know, blazing hot outside. <clears throat> and I'm sitting there at the table, and I'm watching this guy in a suit talk to this girl in, like, what could best be described as almost a Madonna circa 1980s outfit, you know, but it was all black. Mm-hmm. So she had a black tank top, kind of top, lacy top on, black mini skirt, lacy, yeah, you know, flowing combat boots, half her head was shaved, mm-hmm. and she had a chain that was running from her pierced nose to her pierced ear. The guy looked like he would just come from Wall Street, the way he was dressed. I was sitting there watching them just have this conversation. It was fascinating to me. And the reason it was fascinating, because in Dallas – One of those two would have had their fist planted in the orbital socket of the other one, Uh you know, and repeatedly be kicking them to the ground, Uh beating them. And you would never, to me, you would never see that in Dallas. And it it just stuck with me that, hey, everybody just gets to be who they want to be here. Because at the time, I'm telling you, in Dallas, I would not go to the grocery store without a collared shirt on. Yeah. You know, we didn't go out on the weekends without slacks on and a nice shirt of some kind. That's just the way people were, and it was kind of, frankly, snotty. Yeah, so that kept rolling around in the back of my mind. <clears throat> so is that that one of the uh, motivating reasons you moved to Austin? It certainly made me more interesting in Austin, more interested in Austin, because mm-hmm. I'd never thought about it one way or the other. It was the state capital, like I said blazed past it numerous times on the highway, but that was the first time I was like, well, there's something different going on down there. So um, I, I take this job where I'm flying out of Dallas every week to Houston, and um, somehow I get wind that a couple of my college buddies are living here in Austin. And, you know, back then you didn't have the Internet and email and stuff like that. I mean, you were just starting to get email you know, um, but somehow I got their phone numbers, and so found out they were sharing a house down there, I called them up, and said, hey, what's going on, and they go, eh, not much, they said, why don't you come down and visit us some weekend, I'm like, okay, so I came down here, we spent the weekend, I started learning a little more about Austin, and then a few months later, came back again, you know, and a little more, and this kind of stuff, and And so it came to the end of the year, and they said, um, our lease is up. And they said, how would you like to split a house with us? Do your bosses care where you go home on weekends? And I'm like, I don't think so. So I went to my boss, and I said, hey, do you care where I go home on weekends? And he's like, hey, same ticket price from Austin that it is from Dallas. I know not anymore, folks. but."
1: (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. So um, I would just fly. So we rent a house on Deep Eddy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Five-minute drive, to, taxi ride to downtown. At that time, I'm on um, per diem during the week. So basically, I had no expenses during the week, so I had all my pay. Mm-hmm. So we split this house on Deep Eddy, and we would go downtown every weekend. Mm-hmm. Just And it got to be where our house was the staging place, right? So it got so funny. One of my roommates' names was Houston. And uh, he'd pick up the phone on Friday night and call Yellow Cab. <clears throat> and they'd go, how many vans you need? <laughs> they, he wouldn't even – he'd go, hey, it's Houston. they go, okay, how many vans do you need? And you know, we might have 10 people at our house ready to go downtown and stuff. So um, I got spoiled pretty quick on having
1: a lot of fun. <laughs> you can do that in Austin. Yep. So this is – Ninety-two, ninety-three. Ninety-three. Ninety-three.
0: Yeah, I had to go back and figure out. I based it on remembering the O.J. Bronco chase. I was trying to remember <laughs> right. what year. Because yeah. I remember standing in the living room of this place when the Bronco chase came on. And I, I know I was driving up from Houston when they were on the radio begging him to turn himself in. You know, So I'd already lived here a while.
1: It's funny how there are these moments in history that you – Kind of hang your timeline on. Yeah. That's a strange one.
0: Well, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're sitting there. You've got
1: the moon landing, you've got yep. the day JFK was assassinated, and you have the OJ Bronco chase.
0: Well, if you remember, they broke into programming and oh, they put did. it on all the networks. <laughs> That's true.
1: <laughs> we sat and
0: watched it at work, so. Yeah. So, yeah. And then eventually I got a full time job here, which isn't always easy. Hmm especially in this industry. Um, you would think it would be, folks, but uh, I'm telling you, I've, I've had numerous experiences with this, and, uh, yeah, it goes.
1: But, yeah. All right, so your, your adventures in bachelorhood in Austin, living downtown in Deep Eddy, which, for those of you who don't know Austin, is kind of like ground zero for everything that's cool. Uh, uh, um, we used to
0: walk over to uh, Magnolia every oh, Sunday morning. <laughs>
1: very nice. Well, okay, so, you know, Austin's motto mm-hmm. is keep Austin weird. Okay. Okay. Do you agree with that motto? What's the weirdest thing you've come across? I would
0: like to keep Austin weird. I think we've, we're have we losing some of our weirdness now. Uh, mm-hmm. Things are getting a little homogenized and stuff. Um yeah, you know, the other day I was super disappointed. I saw Huts was closing because mm-hmm. that had been kind of the, you know, you keep seeing these old restaurants that have been here forever that just finally give up. Yeah, you know, it's like we can't do this. Um, so we we're losing a little bit of our weird and cool factor sometimes. But um, the weirdest thing I ever did here <laughs> was I went to the Red Bull Flutog on Town Lake. Oh God, I remember that. <laughs> that. Yeah. That event was when I first realized Austin was getting crowded because uh, there was probably 40,000, 50,000 people out there. And it's like, hey, I've never seen crowds like this on, you know, for something like this. Um, for you people who don't know, the Red Bull Flutog is basically a bunch of people just get – make things. Flying <laughs> that, machines. Yeah, flying machines. Um the one, couple of them that impressed me the most, um, the giant Willie Nelson that had a oh. joint sticking out of his mouth <laughs> Could blow smoke. That one was good. Um, the one that made me laugh the hardest was the, um, the Wiener Schnitzel guys. I don't know if you remember that, but they had, they had built this cart. And a lot of the people had carts, especially if they had a glider. So they'd get to the end, they'd have this thing that knocked the cart off and then the, the thing would take off. So these guys have built what looked like one of those um, hot dog boats made out of paper, you know, the paper hot dog boats they put them in sometimes, and a bun, and then they had a guy in the middle dressed in a wiener suit, right? And they put him on there, and they start running. And I'm thinking this cart's going to collapse, and the boat's going to do something. They hit the end, and it just shoots the wiener guy, out him, and he's just flailing <laughs> to the air. <laughs> I I doubled over laughing so hard at that I thought that is going to be one of the funniest things I've seen. So that was um that's probably the funnest weirdest most kind of yeah. fast and cool-y thing. Was our alcohol involved? I it was really hot that day. I don't remember drinking, but I know plenty of those guys who yeah, were drinking. I would think so. Uh,
1: or on other substances. <laughs> So okay, you've been here 20 plus years, Mm -hmm. all right. So what what are the biggest changes you've seen in Um, Austin? The biggest, like I said, it's
0: everybody moves here with this idea of keep it cool, keep it, you know. We want ooh Austin's strange, Austin's cool, Austin's hip. But then these things get paved over, or built over, or torn down. I mean, remember we went to that. the Italian restaurant, the the one that closed down. On South Congress? No, the
1: one on 2nd. Uh, no, oh, yeah yeah, yes. yeah, 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 um, yeah. Oh, God. That's anything. just it. They tear it down. It, it's erased from your memory.
0: But we were lo- walking out of the restaurant and looking at the historical plaque on it, thinking, well, wait a minute. How can you tear this down and build a condo here? It's got a historical plaque, mm-hmm. you know? So I would say probably – Oh, well, here, I'll tell you another one. I'll I'll put some pictures up, folks, um, on whatever website we decide to use. (laughs) We're getting there, trust me. But I've got some pictures from the Flutog. Guess what one of the pictures shows? The
1: Frost Tower being built. Oh, my. Yeah. The Frost Tower, okay, little historical background here. They had to get a special dispensation for the Frost Tower to be taller than the state capitol, which was against state statutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing was to be taller than the state capitol. So they got a variance, and that opened
0: the floodgate. Yep. So the two tallest buildings we had before that were the two on uh, Cesar Chavez right at Congress. Uh, The one that looks like it's got kind of a pyramid-y kind of top and then the one across the street from it. So they were about – they weren't even taller than those buildings where the Frost Tower was being built at that point. So I went back and looked at the date and just because I was curious because of that picture, and that date was April 26th of 2003. Oh, my. Yeah. So that's been over 15 years ago. But um, you can see how much the skylines changed in 15 years. I mean, if that was our first skyscraper going up and now we've got,
1: you know. That was the day before my 50th birthday.
0: Wow. There you go.
1: Another one of those moments in history. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that doesn't sound like that was your favorite moment. Well, it was a good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So. So would you rate that as one of your biggest disappointments, uh, the growth of Austin or the unthoughtful process of growth?
0: I think it's more than unthoughtful. I mean, it's going to grow, although it was fun when you felt like you kind of had this little secret nobody knew about. You know, everybody Mm -hmm. used to hang out here. And it was, you know, when you were talking about going out, um, we would go out, you know, down to a lot of times we'd wind up at Steamboat. And or Antone's or somewhere like that. But there was a few clubs, but you saw the same people all the time. I mean, it was actually a very small community of single people. This okay. was a very large, small town.
1: Yes, is what it was.
0: And it was really cheap to eat in at that time too, folks. <laughs> our, our housing has always been more expensive, but the food and everything else was cheaper here. So I, I think, yeah, it's a little not having – The reverence maybe for certain things, you know, it's just like, oh no, we just got built taller and faster and, you know, more,
1: more units. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's, it's all, it's the chase for the dollar. Yeah. You know, there's, you have a place that has an allure and you can capitalize on that. And that's been one of my biggest complaints
0: is why the hell are we paying any company to move
1: here? when they all want to move here anyway. Well, that's, boy, that's, <laughs> you're you're opening a, a, a different can of worms there that we could uh, devote a whole other podcast to.
0: Yeah, okay, well, I'm just saying,
1: it's, it just it seems to be a running
0: sense. theme with, even when we elect new city councils, mm-hmm. it seems to be
1: the same there thing. There has never been any thought given to growth. now It seems like there's been a lot of talk without a whole lot of thought, you know, and... It should have been planned on 40 years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I was going back and I was looking at this. I, I can't remember where I read this, but
0: they talked about how Dallas and Houston and even San Antonio were smart enough to build complete loops around mm-hmm. their city and just keep going out and building another one
1: before they needed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we, <laughs> we kind of have almost a loop now. We do not have a way to go from east to west. Now across the town, there used to be jokes about that all the time, folks. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So we've we've carped and complained. What is your favorite go-to thing? What uh, for? In spite of all this complaining, Austin is still the most habitable spot in the state. Oh yeah. You know. I love when I get a chance. When it's in 150
0: degrees outside, I love to go down the hike and bike trail. I find that very calming to walk around there, you know, Mm because even though you see all these buildings and stuff, you'll get into parts of the trail where you can't see, you know, it's kind of like you're almost out in the woods. Um, I like to go to Lake Travis a lot. Um, That's nice to have something that big, that close to us. Uh, It has water in it now? Yeah, that finally has water. Yeah. (laughs) And, I mean, it's It's kind of a neat little place if you look at it, where we're positioned, that you can jump off to all kinds of little things that are like 30 minutes away, little towns and stuff, or 45 minutes away, you know. So there's plenty of stuff to do if you can get outside. I I don't spend much time downtown anymore, obviously, but the nice thing is is in these different neighborhoods, like there's a real interesting little um, Cajun restaurant over close to me. That's cool. Uh, that Spammerama was at the Moon Tower mm-hmm. on, um, on uh, Manchac. Manchac, yeah. Um, so that's a nice little place to go. To. And how do you spell Manchac? You spell it Manchaca. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to Austin. And that's that's a test, folks. There's certain words. If you pronounce them wrong, people are going to make fun of
1: you. Yeah. Well, but know you're from somewhere else. Right. So try to blend in, <laughs> or not. Okay. <laughs> Well, speaking of that, mm-hmm. you know, any advice to people who are thinking about moving here? If you appreciate the city, don't try to change it. Bingo. Okay.
0: No, yeah, I mean, you know, you wanted to move here for a reason. That's, you know, embrace then, it. Yeah, embrace it. That's. I mean, that's kind of been the Austin thing all along. Is I've always felt like they've kind of embraced everybody. You know, maybe too nicely. <laughs> You know, funny thing was, uh, one time I was in Hawaii, I would just come back from Australia. Mm-hmm. And Australians are the nicest people in the world, right? And I, so I was on Maui, <clears throat> taking a couple of days to go over the jet lag. You know, it's if you stop along the way, it's a little better. Um, and I ran to Jeep, right? And I get out. I'm driving out of this, uh, drive up in this parking lot. I get out. And this guy turns around, flips me off, and goes, go home, tourist. Nice. (laughs) I'm like, welcome back to the United States. (laughs) And, you know, we don't do that here. We don't, you know, although I guess somebody did paint that sign the other day that said, hey,
1: go home, tourist. Yeah. Well, we are growing so rapidly. And we've been the fastest growing area in the United States for the last seven years uh, and it's a phenomenal rate of growth. Uh, there's, um, you know, a, a, a certain, uh, thought amongst people who have been here a while that kind of think this is their place. Mm-hmm. You know, so what, how would you caution people? <laughs> what would you
0: tell them? So part of embracing it is embrace the pace of life here. Okay. Understand that things don't happen as fast here as they do everywhere else, maybe, and be cool with it, you know. And and the other thing, calm the hell down in traffic, okay? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. people are so angry and aggressive now. It used to be when I would drive in Houston, I knew how to drive in Houston because what you had to do is assume that guy was going to cut you off, you know, slam on his brakes, whatever, you know. You just knew they were going to drive super aggressively, So when I first moved to Austin, the the thing that drove me crazy because I'd lived in Dallas and Houston, right? So, or at least worked all the time in Houston, so I drove a lot there. What drove me crazy was I couldn't figure Austin drivers out. They just kind of lazily did stuff. (laughs) Oh, they would let you in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, wait, don't let me in. I'm planning for you to cut me off. Come on, don't slow down. (laughs) Yeah. So, it so just embrace it. Um, just. Enjoy, you wanted to move here, you moved here, now try to enjoy it a little bit. Don't be so uptight all the time. Yeah, I think that's good advice. Yeah, I mean, that's what I did. I moved here, I said, I'm here,
1: I'm going to relax. <laughs> so, all right, well, anything else? Well, I think uh, you've given us a nice history of Bob Morris in Austin, Texas, the capital of the Lone Star State. And a great place to be. Exactly.
0: All right. Well, we'll
1: wrap it up on that note. Anything you need to promote? i uh, got a show August 14th with the incredible Bradley Cop. New World Deli, Wednesday the 14th. One of Excellent. my favorite gigs ever.
0: Cool. Well, get out and see it, folks. that's what you moved here for, go see some live music. Bingo. All right. Tip the band. Yes. <laughs> He'll have a jar out front. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everyone. We look forward to talking to you again. Thanks. Bye, y'all.